Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions of a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime, including Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, and Rick and Morty. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello! Today, Sam and I are going to be discussing the 2001 Studio Ghibli film from Up on Poppy Hill. Uh, Sam and I are continuing our uh, rewatch of all the... uh, uh, unpopular Ghibli films. <laughs> it's a great way to get people into yep. into this podcast. Uh, I did uh, one Miyazaki one with Mel, and we've done basically all the other ones. But we are doing a quote unquote Miyazaki film today. Goro Miyazaki's uh, from oh. Poppy Hill, yeah. And it's a Miyazaki, but not <laughs> but not the Miyazaki. The I mean, Miyazaki. this one's pretty good too. <laughs> we can discuss. <laughs> He's only done two films, but from what we can, and his think. first one's. I, I well, we could talk about Tales of Earthsea at some point. I am not the biggest uh, detractor of that film. I think it's fine. This one is much better, though, and we'll be discussing from up on Poppy Hill today. Uh, spoilers for the film throughout, of course. Uh, you can find all the information about this podcast at overlyanimated.com. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, so, Sam, let me tell me when you first watch Poppy Hill, when you first watch from up on Poppy Hill, you, and we both rewatched it this time, um, sub or dubbed, sub or dubbed this time, or your feelings originally, what are your feelings now? Um, okay. So originally I watched it sub. Um, and I remember I really liked it. Uh, I really liked the, the sea themes and like, I like the ocean. The ocean's cool. Um, I like boats. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it like thematically and like a, aesthetically. Plot-wise, I don't really remember how I felt. It feels like, eh, like it's a thing. Now, this time around, I watched it dubbed, which was, I tell you, <laughs> it was a treat. Like, was it a treat in a good way or a bad way? A good way. <laughs> um, we'll get into that later. Uh, G-Kids did this dub. This was post-Disney's yeah. uh, reign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, the dub was, like, that's a dub. Who cares? Uh... It happened, and like I don't, I didn't really like it as much this time around. I don't know, just mm-hmm. like I mean, we can get into why, I guess. Yeah, this isn't the most critically acclaimed of uh, Ghibli's films, although it has probably positive reception. Yeah, so I have not seen the dub of this. I watched it originally subbed. Um, probably watched it again, and this was the third time. Uh, and I watched it subbed every time. This time I watched it in like stunning 1080p. Wow. Uh, and it was this movie is gorgeous uh yeah this uh i am in love with this film <laughs> i we can talk about uh like specifics why and stuff but this is one of my favorite films of all time i think and it's not necess- i'm not gonna say it's one of the best ones but just one of my it's personal just, it's just personal fave yeah it just resonates with me a lot and all and uh it might like on this rewatch, I was just so blown away. It might even be my fa- absolute favorite. Like it's in contention for that. And what's interesting is that the reasons that I'm so in love with this film, are, unlike every other film I like, are not plot specific reasons. I, what I love about this is everything like other than the plot. I mean, I also like the plot. I think it's fine. But what stands out to me is the visuals, the soundtrack, um, like the. Like the uh, setting and the uh, basically the overall aesthetic of the film. This is like yeah. perfect for me, really. Uh, it's my this is my favorite soundtrack of all time. I listen to it. I honestly just constantly listen to it. Kind of, it's weird. It's a good soundtrack. It's weird because it's sixties Japanese like themed music. But this is my default. This is one of my default listening things. 
and uh i mean you can pull it up like the for the intro song at 50 plays on and it's one of my uh all-time favorites and this all this film this soundtrack also has ueo mite aruko the classic 60s japanese song and sure just sad. used twice here and to brilliant effect um i love the romance in this film i love the main character and i kind of just love everything about it i would highly recommend it it's i it is this film really 90 minutes yeah uh it feel it feels like an hour longer than that because yeah, it's it very very slow but i like that okay that's i was a surprised it was a short if 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 you hear that and you think that you might not like that a 90 minute film that seems like it's three hours then this might not be for you but uh it's just i i just very very much love it um and yeah i mean this is i think the thing we're gonna kind of compare this to is only yesterday um yeah that's what i was thinking it's a very similar film sam and i already did a retrospective on you can check that out uh it's that's a Takata film. It's a Goro Miyazaki film, this one. And the similarity is that these are both kind of coming-of-age films in 60s ruralish Japan. Yeah. <laughs> They're just, just very, very similar. Um, I would say this one is less... Uh, it's more of like a romance film than a character-specific coming-of-age yeah. film. Yeah. I mean, that I think that's like the driving point of the plot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also don't think this film is like purely a romance film. I kind of think it's about nothing. It uh, is about nothing. Yeah. It's Nothing happens. Well, things do happen. Like it has a it has two concrete plot arcs going on. Yeah. But, but like, ne- neither of them are like that important. <laughs> it's like who cares? I mean, I care I do care about the main romance, but at the same time, it's there's not the way the plot is structured, there's not a lot of suspense. It gives like the reveals away both times earlier than the climax like of the of the plot um and with the other plot does uh, like school clubhouse you know it's going to be saved <laughs> like obviously like duh. so it's there's no suspense there either so this is definitely this is very like a chill film like it, there's no suspense really um there's drama but it's like very palatable i would say uh so yeah i don't know i i'm think i'm Unlike every other film, like I said, because my enjoyment of this doesn't come from the plot. I'm going to bury the plot for a little bit. We talked about the two plot arcs there. Um, And I just want to get into, like, the visuals of this. Uh, Because, I don't know, artistically it's, like, a lot of sea, like, themes and, like, imagery and stuff like that. Typical for Ghibli, but more of Miyazaki. So it's interesting to see that that's passed down to Goro. I wonder if those are his interests or if it's just kind of inherent in the the uh source material right this is based off of like an 80s manga yeah yeah but it's not like a well-known one uh and it's uh it's, it also seems like they kind of age uh the main character i don't know i'm looking at like the poster the, all the original art seems like she's much younger and stuff like that but yeah i don't know do you have any comments on how this film acts visually i like to see i, li- I like the oceans nice it's very very nautical I don't know. I like it. I think that's like one of the main reasons why I wanted to watch this film in the first place. Yeah, because I was going through like a really big ocean <laughs> phase of my life, even though like I hadn't been to the ocean in years at that point. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I definitely think it works. It's definitely like a driving force. Like it's almost like a plot thread. No, not like a plot thread. It's like a, it's like a character in and of itself. The ocean. I don't know. I'm just rambling. <laughs> well, no, it's it's just the big it's a big part of the, the movie, and it's everything yeah. kind of resolve resolves around uh, their uh, main character Umi's um, 
dad being a former sea captain Flags. and the flags that she raises uh it's just uh i i feel like design artistic design is just a very big part of the film whether it's the fa- whether it's the flags the house she like the boarding house she lives in um mm-hmm. the rural town she's at the clubhouse especially uh and her in her school and when they go into tokyo too uh 60s tokyo very distinctive and uh to me this film looks like a hand-drawn film in an era of computer generation like even more so than a lot of like like recently when marnie was there like this film seems hand more hand-drawn to me even than marnie which also is kind of visually stunning like in a similar way yeah i agree and it's just i just really love a lot of that and i would i would really recommend watching this in like full hd it really stands out to me um uh okay let's talk soundtrack and stuff because i don't know i'm just irrationally in love with the soundtrack let's the soundtrack's by satoshi takabe i don't know if he's done other ghibli ones i think he's done other ghibli ones i'm not sure about this the main the introductory song uh i love how the movie starts out it just starts immediately with the yeah um it's kind of this simple song sung by oi tashima just about like preparing like breakfast in the morning or something like that and it's like as the as umi does so in the house and i just think it just so brilliantly establishes this film like the tone and theme not the tone more than the themes of it uh just like ruralish japan 60s it's so appealing (laughs) to me this the entire intro sequence meeting all of the umi's family and stuff like that even though it's impossible to keep track of all of them uh, well they're not like all her family they're they're, like like distant i don't know it's like hey arnold but it's kind of yeah in 60s japan this is this is this is hey arnold the movie right that's what even though there was a hey arnold the movie Um, there was a hey arnold i don't know there was much less like spy stuff like much less like neighborhood saving but like more romance i suppose yeah I don't know, but then again, Helga and Arnold had that thing. Is Umi Helga Pataki? Is that what we're saying? No, I don't. I, th- <laughs> I, I feel like her sister is closer to that. Let's talk about Umi. Uh, we can, then we can go back to the soundtrack. She's kind of a non-distinctive character to a certain extent. She's um, like the Bella Swan. She, you know what I love about Umi? Yeah, well, she is she the okay. Let's wait. Okay, no, no, wait, not, hold not on. Like that bad way, not like in a bad way. I mean, like as in like a like a generic she's like a generic female lead what i love about umi is that she's this um kind of this appealing female ghibli lead and then she and that she's like older she's not like 12 um but she's not incredibly feminine but you know you feel me like i like i like i love her voice it's um (laughs) her voice is just not very high pitched she's not like a genki girl like energetic and that's just it she's just like a real person (laughs) i don't know that's what it seems like to me she's just like bella swan She's Who is a, also a real person? Uh, oh, I hear. I don't know about that one, but we've you, you made some. You brought out some interesting comparisons so far that I was not <laughs> expecting. <laughs> no, because you said you said that she wasn't like standoutish, and that was like Twilight time here. Like that's I don't, like I don't, how Bella Swan was sort of like written to be. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a lot of female leads in like animes. I don't like see Umi and like hard eyes over her. I just like relate to her, you know. She doesn't have like brightly colored hair, so she doesn't have what? She doesn't have oh, bright, bright colored. Color yeah, hair. this 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 it's very much a realistic right film and stuff like that. And she's I just, no Nausicaa. She's very. And she's not. She's not energetic and like 
high-pitched voice like Nausicaa. She's very kind of down-to-earth and... Um, she has to be like the the leader of the she's house. She's very dependable. Yeah, she's, she cooks. She's just a very strong character, like person. She's had everything thrown onto her. And, she, she, uh, she maybe she maybe she's Arnold. I think she's her, Arnold. Her, her her dad's dead, and her mom is away in a different country. And she she, take, she, she is Arnold. Yeah, she takes care of her two younger siblings, her grandmother, her entire family. It's it's pretty remarkable. So she's Arnold. It's that's one that's one sense you get throughout the film uh, is just how much she does. Like she has to turn down things a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, she has to go back and like prepare, then start preparing dinner and stuff like that. Though at the end of the movie, it kind of sort of just started stressing me out because like she wasn't doing. She was like getting home later and later. And <laughs> she wasn't there to do the thing. She was like, like, "Oh, Sora's uh, taking care of us today." Wh- like what that. about your uh, yeah your responsibilities at home? But I love how the movie like establishes just how much she's doing and how kind of admirable she is without like stating it and without her having it's it's like it's it's japanese society like expects it of her and no one's really praising her i mean everyone seems like appreciative but it's just like what she has to do and um as like the audience i feel like we really sympathize with her because of it even if uh people around her aren't like inherently sympathetic to her because of that Mm -hmm. uh and i don't know she's just I just eventually comes across very, very sympathetically, and I really think she's the entry point into this main romance of the film. I don't think the guy matters too much. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's like, he's. I mean, we can talk uh, his character it's in a guy. second, but uh, he's not the reason that you care about this main romance. You just want Umi to like to be happy and stuff, even if it's with functioning within you know sixties Japan, even if it's with uh, her grandmother telling her, "I hope you meet uh, somebody to replace your dad <laughs> to take care of you, like a husband." Um, that scene stuck out to me this time. Uh, like it's I don't know, just the, it, that must have gotten removed in dub since I don't remember that. <laughs> I, yeah, there's a lot of things I wonder how the dub uh, like approaches. I'm glad at least it preserved the the Japanese songs, but I don't know. It's it's the the culture of 60s Japan comes across very very well. It's you, you get the kind of a little bit of the sexism, but um, just it's still very appealing, which is kind of current Japanese culture too. Uh, and it's it's she's Umi functions pretty freely, I would say, despite her responsibilities. But at the same time, she is pre- she's still pretty restricted. It's not like she does that much. Uh, let's talk other characters. Um, so the guy uh, Shun. He's a guy. You know, here's how I describe Shun. Uh, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but Shun uh, is like the frat bro of Japan. But frat bro. But be, but because it's Japan, he's like much tamer <laughs> than like he's like the bad like the the school like the bad boy. the bad boy at the school. Except he's like a except to us, he like doesn't seem like that. He seems like a, a normal, if not well behaving <laughs> guy, right? What are other like famous bad boy archetypes? I mean, James Dean or Rebel Without a Cause? I don't know if he's James Dean, but like, but so, no. there's like a delinquent archetype in anime, um, and he's certainly not that. But I don't think, but that's always kind of unrealistic and not would, wouldn't be sixties. Like, I mean, he's his establishing. He's like he's like Tommy Pickles almost. What is with these references? <laughs> I don't know. I was just I was and, thinking about it, but like Tommy Pickles, he's like he's like a doer and like. He's, he doesn't have, like, any... I don't know. I don't know about well, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Think about it. Uh, but his, I'll think about his it. establishing kind of moments are him jumping off uh, 
the upper floors of the building school. I think I don't think it's the clubhouse. I think it's the school and then into the pool to try to impress uh, Umi. And he, also him writing the poem too. No, the... he he did he do that to do that or did he do it to like uh, advertise the saving of the clubhouse? Um, I think it was the clubhouse. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember anything. And either. then like he accidentally impressed me at the same time. See, I always thought that it was him intentionally doing it for that because before this happens, we get the establishing shot of uh, the newspaper and. Uh, it's apparent that he wrote it. We figured that out before. Uh, Who knows? I don't know. But so that's kind of what we're going on. He kind of does not like impulsive things, but he's kind of takes charge sometimes. Um, to me, kind of in spite of everything, Shun comes off as very sympathetic, which is interesting. Uh, like, I don't think he ever takes any morally um, bad actions. Uh, he's, I, you, I feel like you kind of like how passionate he is about the saving the thing even if it's even if the audience doesn't really care that much about saving the clubhouse the latin quarter uh and oh you know who he is he's like the guy in like the romantic comedy he's like i don't know if mark the, ruffalo and maybe that one movie he's more th- sympathetic Reese. than like a normal uh, male lead in a romance i think just to, like Kevin, that's what to me is. at least i feel like you have no opinions on shun i don't He's a, yeah. he's, 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 a, he's a teenage boy. Yeah. Okay, here's what I'd say. Shun is not a uh, blank boy, like a uh, F boy, right? I would not no, describe, no. I wouldn't describe no, him as not. that. So that's like he's sympathetic because he's not that. <laughs> okay. There you go. I mean, he's, of course he's a teenage boy, but uh, it's I don't think he does anything to piss me off. Or And I like how I also like how um, he's kind of emotionally forthcoming. Like he's not the brooding male lead either. He's just very... He's very average. He's, he's very average, but he's also very apparent with his feelings for me and uh, just generally with his feelings, I too. Know. I don't feel any which way about him. Well, yeah. I mean, I do think Umi is the entry point into the romance, but I also think they do a good job characterizing him. I, uh, I, it's funny that you said that, like, she's the entry point and she's, like, really what makes you care about this romance when I just don't care at all. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm she, not here for that. You're not here for that. You're here for the... Uh, I mean, me too. I'm also not here for that, but I also did love it, especially this viewing. Uh, let's talk um, Shiro, the, uh, gla- <laughs> the... The wingman. The wingman, the other male lead, the uh, stereotypical glasses-laden... I don't know if that's proper usage-laden friend of the main character. Always happens I'm in a I'm, I'm, like, getting really sick of that. Yeah, it's a bad trope. Because Dylan made me play this VN, this visual novel called uh, Danganropa, right? And there's a character who's like that. Oh, you're talking about Danganropa? I thought you were talking about a different one. Okay. You, you also, talking... like, hold on. I don't really like uh, What's-His-Face. Yeah, but I don't think he's like, um... See, the glasses, the... That guy. The Yeah, the uh, business He's not, guy. but like... Like, that guy's... Just... Uh, to me, uh, Shiro, he's... First of all, here's what I'd say about you. He's such a bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> almost every action he takes in this film is to, like, set up, uh shooting with umi except it's like not like obvious right he's just being a lot of subtle like the first thing he does like you meet him when uh, they go up into uh when umi takes her sister sora into the clubhouse to get his autograph right to get shun's autograph uh-huh. and then um shiro kind of is like oh miss uh <laughs> Miss, uh, I don't know, because Mats, Matsuzaki or something. Let's let me walk you out so that they can have a long time. But he doesn't say that last part, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So speaking of Sora, by the way, Sora is incredibly adorable. Do you like Sora? Uh, yeah, that's I don't, I don't that's really about right. Care. You know, in the dub, she's voiced by a clove in the Hungry Games who tried. To yeah, us. yeah, Isabel Furman, I think. I thought it was a yeah. uh, Kieran, your your girl, Janora. Janora, Kieran and Shipka. Yeah, no, it's yes. not her. No, I thought it was her because it sounded like her, but it wasn't. Anyway, I don't know. I I think she's sort of really sympathetic. She's like the more girly girl, younger sister. Yeah, I don't. Her introduction is like taking twenty minutes to getting getting her hair ready, but she's really cute and. Uh, yeah, she, you you would like her. I mean, she comes across as. I mean, that's your kind of character. Yeah, I mean, she's slightly. I mean, I think she comes across slightly selfish, but she does ultimately like cover for umi at home one time and is generally sympathetic uh but the big question is what do you think of the possible shiro and sora romance that this film hints at you know what did you get that impression at all i did does it and i was like okay so the question double wedding the biggest double wedding. <laughs> i agree double wedding dude yeah let's do it <laughs> they can uh shun and uh shiro brothers for life they could become uh brother-in-laws Brother yeah, yeah. It's brothers for life uh, the big question is how old are these characters how young is sora it's not clear i think that well, it, it's like indicated by like their little it's their, they, yeah they're they are they are their ribbons indicate their i agree their year in school i think that uh they go to a combination middle high school I, that's the impression i got i'm not sure and but... that and that she's like uh seventh or eighth grader i think there's like a lot there's like a lot of stuff going on in the realm of questionable romantic connections yeah i mean okay so she do i mean if i don't know if it is i feel like combination middle high school doesn't make as much sense in japan because high school is more of college in japan um also high school in japan is 10th 11th 12th the ninth is part of middle school i don't know i feel like they're close in age because remember that like family portrait john it was like a the mom and the, the them and like the brother and, sh- and stuff. Um, oh, you think um, Sora and Anumi are close? Yeah, in age they're age. like a, they're pretty close in age. I she, think. I guess she could. They're, I mean, they, they look close in age. Well, what year is Umi? They're, right? Is she? Uh, she's like is year she, two. Is she a? She's, she, she's a junior. Yeah, that's that's all I also thought. I mean, they don't call it in Japan. Yeah, she's year two. Um, so that means Sora is either year one in high in in high school, which I don't. I got the impression she was like an eighth grader or ninth, an eighth grader. I don't thing. know, but that's yeah. okay. So the question: America was like, all right, the dub, dude, the dub that was done in America. That I'm talking America. About. This is one reason not to watch dubs of uh, uh, slice of life films in Japan because it, it's hard enough to understand the. I feel like it was pretty school system of. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not that much. This, there's not that much plot to get wrong, you know, <laughs> in this one. But I don't know. I, I, sh- I ship the uh, Sora and Shiro romance i think they're pretty yeah. adorable yeah. At that, that, like, at they're, the, in they're the, like there for like maybe like a minute total screen time maybe 30 seconds well like he walks her out in that one scene and then um later they're always, they're like burning they're, stuff they're when they're burning yeah and they're kind of always sometimes talking maybe another scene when they're cleaning it up and then at the end there's one shot of them i think he's like he's like uh lifting her up or something or gra- hugging her during embracing so, her during the background of one other scene and I was Obviously, like, the double ship, wedding. double wedding. I think that's the conclusion here. I think uh, in the spring, because that, that's like when people have weddings, right? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know when people in Japan have weddings. What? Uh, so okay, those I would classify those as the four main characters, even though Sora is like kind of a secondary character. Who do you have any other notable characters to talk about? Well, the art student. Yeah, what's her name? Um, uh, 
<laughs> this is one of the many people living in uh, Arizona. Oh god, I'm gonna butcher this so bad. Zagacho Hiro Kudi. Uh, Sachiko Hiro Kudi, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Voice by Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> in the dub. The, in the dub. In the, apparently. That was the treat in the dub. That's, that seems like the Aubrey Plaza character. Except it she's like less snarky, I think, it was than like normal. A, it was a treat. It was beautiful. How did how did Aubrey Plaza voice that character? Was she like... She was Aubrey Plaza. Because in the in the sub, that character doesn't come across as snarky or anything except general. No, it was... It was Aubrey Plaza minus snark. Minus snark, yeah. She does. She does. Uh, it's kind of like her as Eska, except less. Uh, I don't know. Does it sound like her as Eska from Legend no. of Korra? Less deadpan. Less deadpan. Interesting. It was just like Mwah. I. I love it. I love Aubrey Plaza. She that was, character's kind of a non-presence, except she draws like the final. She makes thing an amazing the... painting, and it's beautiful. And th- like I, after I saw this movie the first time, I wanted to like make something like that. I anyway. love I love her paintings that they they just really fit in with the aesthetic of the yeah, like the hand drawing aesthetic of the film yeah that's the type of thing I love about it. What other characters stand out? What do you think? Of, uh, um, yeah. How about her, how about their mom who comes back towards the mom? End of it? She is voiced by Jamie Lee Curtis. Fun fact. Um, mom seems cool. Yeah, she she was she was a mom. I don't know. What about grandma? Grandma seems cool. Grandma's like not there. She's there for like two scenes. Yeah, uh, voiced by Jillian Anderson. Uh, she was a. Uh, her face in x-files jillian anderson is not old enough to be I, that's why i was i was kind of confused i was yeah i, don't, I thought I don't, that i don't wikipedia, understand that casting when i was reading it i thought that wikipedia had gotten jamie lee curtis and jillian anderson like switch yeah but the mom was very clearly jamie lee curtis yeah I so i think I was she's like, old enough for that what do you think of uh shun's dad the uh captain very, like, the adoptive father he seems like a very sad man. Yeah, you know what I love about Shun's dad is that he's the stereotypical non-emotional dad, uh, completely nothing, except he, like, isn't, like, a, a jerk, and he's, like, you can tell he's caring, and uh, he support he uh, thumbs up uh, him at the end when they're on his like, ship coming wink. back. Wink, and he's, like, flush, smile, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know, I like him. I, I, I What I love, like, one of the things about this film, like, Usually, male characters in general in these type of films not super sympathetic to me. This one, like almost everyone, was like, like I actually like uh, I like Shun, I like Shiro, I like Shun's dad. I mean, they're all just they're all fine, you know. They're all kind of. Uh, oh yeah, there was also the uh, the doctor lady. The Miki. doctor lady. Miki. Miki. Uh, what did she do? Oh, she, is she like talked about? She was like, "Why don't you invite these cute boys to my going away party?" Oh, is she... And she sort of like sets the the whole thing in motion that the movie oh, okay happens that's, on. Yeah, that's what. So so yeah, so she's the one that prompts it. It's, the movie's not very clear on why everyone starts coming over to Umi's place, but I guess it's her. Is she the yeah. one that's working for the grandma, or is she just one of the ones that's staying? No, she's one of the ones who's staying. She's like a doctor lady. Oh man, I yeah. There's too many people in the house to keep track. Of. Yeah, too many people. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then they come over, and then uh, they discover the lineage, or they. So uh, what I want to remember is because we've both seen this film before. So it, the yes. film, when you've seen it before, it's very obvious. Um, right when Shun looks at the picture when she's at uh, when he's at Umi's house, what's going on in terms of the siblings thing, and. 
Uh, I don't think that would be obvious on first viewing. I don't remember when yeah, I, I figured it out. Sure. But the film does eventually make it. I'm pretty sure you should be able to figure it out before he reveals it to her in that one scene where she finally yeah. confronts him. Because the scene where he confronts uh, her about it, or she confronts him, she's like, if you don't like me, just say so. And then he's like... Well, in uh, the dub, at least. I don't remember the sub, but like he has a talk with dad, and he's like, tell me about my real dad, that guy... Yeah, 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 there you go. So that's how we figure it out, finally. Like, it's hinted before that, too, I guess, or... Yeah, he talks to uh, his dad about uh, his adopted father, about his birth father. Um, And this is one of the examples... This is one of the two scenes where the movie, like, reveals its secrets before... Uh, the cl- before it uh, like has a climactic scene, like um, Umi confronting Shun should be in like the rain. Or I don't know if it's raining outside of uh, the school. It was um, raining. Yeah, it was raining. That's like an iconic were, scene to me. They were, they were sharing an umbrella. Oh, and like uh, that's because like we know what's going on before that. So I don't think there's ever any suspense. And then the, the second one is when uh, we find out that they're not actually uh, siblings. Is we figured that out from Umi talking to her mom. So like yeah. we just know ahead of time, like, them going to the the third guy in the photo in the climax of the film is kind of not necessary plot wise. But dude, it's like. But it was very. I think it was very emotional though. It's really funny. Why is it really funny? They're like running. To, They're to, racing to this boat. Dude, this, this is talk to this man. This is the climax of the film. Them talking to, to find some, out if they can date. Dude, it's serious business. Without it being incest. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. It's a, uh, it's the perfect <laughs> Uh Yeah, so then... Oh okay, God. so what else happens with their romance? Okay, so then they think they're siblings, and then they're... And least... then they're like, I love you anyway. No, 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 not yet, not yet. Uh, they kind of... They're rebuilding the clubhouse, and they're kind of just... There's tension before that, and then uh, Shira's like, what's going on, dude? Uh, he's yeah, like, like, I worked so hard to set you up. Come on, stop ruining it, bro. Uh, but... Then their kind of tension resolves once they're, they're, they're siblings, but then they're not siblings. Um, and then we have the scene. What do they do? They do. Okay, so eventually they end up at night outside of the bus. Is this in Tokyo? That, this is like going home from Tokyo. Yeah, so they go into Tokyo and then, um, I don't know, they must have some sort of. Do they have any romance thing there? I'm not sure. But then no. going home from Tokyo, we get the best scene ever. Okay. <laughs> the best scene ever, in which. Um, Umi's getting on the bus, I think. Is that what's happening? Yeah. And true. she tells him that I don't care if we're brother and sister. I it won't affect that I'm in love with you. And he's like, me too, wow. bro. And I'm like, oh my god, it's the most romantic thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it kind of is, though. Like, this movie's so weird. Oh, I love that. I, I can't tell you how much I unabashedly love that scene. I like, just can't get over that climax. Like... I don't think that she told him what her mom said. Yeah, at he, all. he didn't know. He, he didn't know. He didn't so know. Like, yeah. They're still running to this man before he like has to. What is going through Shun's head when they're doing that? Yeah. To just find out like if we can date. I mean, I guess being seriously. Weird. I mean, seriously though, like that is. Just, I honestly think they're like really adorable, and like, so that scene funny. is that scene is just one of the biggest uh, expressions of love I've seen. And yeah, like. I, like, I was thinking about it today, like, you know what, if I were in that situation, I would be running to the dock, too. But, like, looking at it from an outside perspective, it's very funny. <laughs> no, I, this viewing, I was totally on board. I was totally invested, and it's just, this, this, this is, I think this is one of my favorite uh, movie romances. 
the, really? uh, yeah, it's, it's so boring. I love it so much. It's so oh, good. They convince me. I mean, okay. That's the, I mean, that's the criticism of the film, but, uh, it's just everyone's well, that, that's like our criticism <laughs> yeah but also it's like 60s japan so i feel like this kind of furthers the aesthetic you know straight people if it was like gay people in 60s japan kind of uh overcoming o- overcoming the odds it would be like more drama but it like wouldn't be as uh stereotypically in aesthetic you know that would be a movie let's make a movie about that would be a movie i mean there there's plenty of uh mangas about 60s i don't know about 60s but about wow. overcoming Japanese ingrained uh, Let's do it. stuff. Uh, like Girlfriends has a lot of that. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the manga recommendation, Girl Space Friends uh, oh. for the lesbians, you know, yeah. if you're into that, but which you should be. But <laughs> well, isn't, well, isn't, yeah. isn't everyone, because Korosami now. That and, like, the bad way of fetish Anyway. <laughs> I, that comic does a good. That manga does a good job of not fetishizing. I think, but uh, what else about Umi and Shun? I don't know. And the the resolve of their romance is uh, there's like no big romantic climax for them. They just they just the dad the dad the dad winks at them and then they're sailing away and then yay. Then the credits happen. Yeah, I wanted a uh, big kiss, but no. No, it's, no, if it's only they only kiss if it's like really important. It would be really important. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is very unimportant. I but I do like that uh, not having any sort of big romantic thing in the end does emphasize the uh, yeah. previous feelings. Like the big reveal of the feelings is when like when they think they're siblings. Like it's so intense, right? It's so wacky. It's none of his wacky. It's like not sh- wacky. Said in the dub. I don't know if he said it in the sub, but it's like a melodrama. He did say, yeah. He said it's like yep. some dumb uh, teen melodrama. He was pretty. Oh, I feel like G kids. But like, okay, getting into getting into a little bit more. Like the reason they have uh, this intense connection is based off of the flags, the signal flags, and their uh, shared stuff about the sea. But the only reason they have that shared stuff about the sea is because their parents were like friends and stuff, right? So, but it wow. really, it really checks out. Like they're kind it's of like, while they when, while we thought that they were siblings in the movie, it was like they originally grew close, kind of because of that. That's the reason they had that connection. It's like when you're like a kid and you think about having kids of your own when you're younger, well, you're when you're older rather, not when you can't do that. Um, when you think about having kids when you're older, you're like. Well, best friend Sally, I hope that we have kids at the same time and that they get married so that we can be related. It's like that. Oh, yeah. Though no, honestly, that's what it was for their, uh, yeah, for their, their parents, for their dads. Yeah. Except that doesn't happen because they're, they're all, all dead. Except they're all dead. Sad. <laughs> I don't. I. I yeah. So then they have to just give them like an incest scare. Like, okay, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad, for that incest scare. Jeez. But they didn't matter. Umi and Shun would have ran off together anyway. Yep. They would have ran out of the uh, wherever they are. I know where they are. They're in uh, some place. I just looked it up earlier, but uh, port of y- y- Yokohama. Yeah, they're in Yokohama, Japan. Yeah, there wherever that is, I don't know where that is. Yeah, I mean they're close to Tokyo, obviously, because they go in there. So let's talk the other. Actually, let's get back to the soundtrack because we kind of went off. 
for when I was talking about I, that. I, I don't even want to talk about the soundtrack. Well, I can monologue on the soundtrack. So All right. We had the intro song, the Making Breakfast Meaning. The one, another big one that stands out is the Latin Quarter song, uh, which they repeated several times. Caru Chera Tan. I mean, we can play it. I don't think you'll be able to hear it, but Aww. I'm playing it to myself, so. <sighs> Except not, because. I can't hear it. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, that's really distinctive and like upbeat and really good, and they play this kind of few reprises of that. They have another song where maybe two more, two more where Ao Tashima sings, um, one in the middle, one in the end. They have two uses of Oeo uh, Miteyaruko, which is a classic '60s Japanese song. It's the only uh, foreign song to ever kind of chart in the U.S. Billboard charts. Good. Uh, it's popular here. Um, big in the 60s in the U.S. And you Japan. forget about the Macarena, Dylan. <laughs> I think that's English? I don't know. That, that charted. I don't... It's not in Spanish. Uh, I don't think that charted on whatever chart this was, I guess. But this is... This is in... It was in Mad Men, too, the song. Because okay, it's talk, 60s. Just look up the VH1 100 greatest one-hit wonders and talk to me later. That's... <laughs> No, I will not do that. But uh, it plays in the beginning when she's going down the hill, I think, at some point. And then it plays at the end when they're in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, it does play when she's going down the hill. Yeah, and it's both uses are incredible. I mean, the film, the enti- that this song is the aesthetic of the film, basically. The entire film could be set to the song. Um, the song is sad. This movie is kind of sad. Yeah, kinda, yeah everybody's yeah. dead. Everyone's dead and every- they can't be like, together and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, life is just terrible, but like, I don't know. It's, um, what other things I love about the soundtrack, and there's just a lot of, I mean, there's like 10 ones I have five starred on here, and they're all wonderful. And I love that the film is not afraid to like blast the soundtrack kind of at parts and kind of do it abruptly. I don't know. I just, I noticed that at one point, like we go right into songs pretty abruptly and I don't know, I think it works and stuff. I'm just very hyper-aware of the soundtrack, too. It was really yeah. weird watching this film, again, having listened to the soundtrack many times, because it just goes in order of the soundtrack, and it's like, oh, I know what song's coming up next, because I've heard that many times on, on soundtracks. I guess that's what it's like for people that frequently listen to movie soundtracks. Wow. Yeah. You're a couple of those people. I mean, just this one, but yeah. I have the other Ghibli ones, too, on here. This is my most listened to one, though. Uh, let's talk about the other plot of the film the, yeah the, that, that thing the latin quarter and saving the latin quarter uh what do you think of this plot do you care i think maybe this is what makes it the harold movie except it's much less stakes no there's like it's like you're not being evicted but it's like the pride of your school but i don't get why some people care such as shun because he's like graduating and like who cares Let's see, like, okay, rather than... A wife, also teenage boys. Okay, so the, the, the Latin Quarter is filled with teenage boys, yeah, who are in, in clubs. I don't know why there aren't girls there, but uh, 60s stuff, I don't know. Uh, but my big question is, why does Umi care about the Latin Quarter, right? Because the first time Umi ever steps foot in the Latin Quarter is the time we see her in the beginning of the film. I don't uh, know. I guess she cares because of... Because Shun, yeah. Because young love, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. uh, it's... I don't know. I, I don't necessarily care if the club has this torn down, but I love everything that they do with it because especially the design of it and how just gorgeous it is, especially after they clean it up. Uh, I also love the characters inside. I mean, we start with Shun and Shira, who are both interesting characters. We have 
the big one is the philosophy club guy. He was voiced by Ron Howard, the uh, why Richard is he Cunningham voiced? in uh, Happy why, Days, why, famous director. Why is he voiced by Ron Howard? Do you like? I don't the, know. Do you like the philosophy club student? Yes, he's. Oh. I, he, the, the thing I, is, the Ron Howard is a very high pitched voice. I'm Ron Howard, like that. No, but. he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> I'm Ron. But I'm Ron Howard. <laughs> but uh, the class we come student in the sub has he's like, oh, 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 that's his. You know, he talks like that. No, he's not like that high pitched. <laughs> he in Arrested Development, he is. He's. I'm Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. He's he's very interesting. Sit on guy. a party. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really like that character. I like. Uh, there's a lot of other minor characters, I guess. Then there's all the uh, Vumi's friends who come to help clean and stuff. And yeah, one of them, like she doesn't, she always buys her lunch, but like <laughs> what? No, like they were talking. This was a scene. Like what? she always, buys, <laughs> they were waiting to start eating because like she was buying her lunch and they were like talking about. It. I was like. I don't have time to make my lunch, Umi, because, like, I'm busy. And Numi was like, well, you should just hand make your lunch yourself if you don't want to wait. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> I it, think, ha- I, I think it, happen- I- it happened right before I- Shun was, like, on the roof. Okay. Oh, it's, it's in the beginning. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> one of the only one that I remember is one of the friends who's the, uh, I forget what it's called, the wall paints what's what's the i forgot what the scaffolding oh, the, plaster. the plaster the plaster's daughter who does shows the uh floss, like drywall yeah he shows the uh philosophy club guy how to do it and then they're like flirting the entire movie in the background yep do you ship them i i, I don't know it's like a there's this new anime i keep wanting to watch it but I just keep forgetting it's like that the, like you know the philosophy club leader like you know how he looks that's like a that's like a archetype. Yeah, he's very archetypal, yeah. And it's like there's this he's like a character in this one anime that I keep forgetting to watch. I can't remember the name of. It's I don't know. Well, hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's yeah. I don't know. Uh, Ron Howard. Ron <laughs> He's Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh. I I like all the stuff that happens with them. I like the um. She like makes the stencil for the printer for like the uh the newspaper very 60s no no technology to do that um and i don't know what else happens in the latin quarter they go to save it of course with the chairman yeah, what do you think of the chairman he's like a he's like a not creepy old man he's like, kind of he's a little creepy you know what you know why I, he's creepy is because he always talks to me he's, yeah yeah i don't know i didn't I was like this, like setting off my creeper vibes, but he didn't seem creepy. Like, I mean, he's not like. I feel like he's like creepy, but not malintentioned. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, why does he want to talk to me? Because she's like pretty, but I don't know. Maybe I just like don't see things that happen in my life to be creepy. To me, I feel like every time I've watched this, I've gotten the impression that he's like kind of creeping on me, but he's not looking to do anything so i don't know whatever just like, randomly creepy old man head of the company chairman whoever his, he does his voice that. in uh japanese is very distinctive is who is he in in the english he's he is a, Bo bridges whoever that is who is that uh he's Bo bridges jeff bridges brother i think <laughs> that, that, that's specific yeah i mean isn't he right is he is he Jeff Bridges' brother? I don't even know. 
I or, or is think. He a, yeah, he is Jeff Bridges' brother, yeah. Um, what does he do? He's an actor. <laughs> yeah, but what does he do? But what is, he's been in something recently that you would know. Let me check. Uh, I don't see anything. Oh, no. Just a lot of... This is one of his more recent credits, actually. That's interesting. He was a, a guy in the agency, whatever he was that in, show he was. He was in The Millers. That's what he was doing recently. Whatever that is. There's a show, show on CBS. He's a, he's he's like a... I don't know. I don't want to say D-list, because that's kind of rude. I don't think he's... I think, I don't think, he's, I think he's like C-list, yeah. Yeah, he was, he's been nominated for some Golden Globes. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's a name. You should know about Bridges, bro. I, I don't know who... I don't... Let's see... I don't... <laughs> <sighs> Jeff Dunham voices Jen in the English language version. Who's Jen? G-E-N. I actually don't know who Jen is. Why is Jeff Dunham doing a voice in here? I don't know who Jen is. I don't know either who Jen is. That's interesting. I didn't notice Jeff Dunham, though. So. <laughs> all uh, is well. All, yeah, all is well. Uh, yeah, so they... What do you think of the debate that happens? Oh, teenage boys. Yeah. Oh my god, please. Make them stop. Oh, make, just make them end, stop. Just end them. Just end that. Uh, I mean, that was a lot. Just just please make make them, like, go to an island and then come back when they are not teenage anywhere. <laughs> oh, so, so, are, oh like, so you're proposing that we replicate Lord of the Flies. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not a good solution, Sam. <laughs> It seemed okay for some of them. No, no did you? Re- okay, no. I did not. read Lord of the Flies, Dylan. They were not okay. Well, those were—they were like ten. Okay. Okay. So you, this See, would be like, it would be like, like sixteen. It'd be like even worse with with these guys. It's, they, they were I charging just, at each other in a frigging uh, like school debate. So you think oh, they were not aggressive? I don't know. Um, oh, stop them. What else are we gonna talk about? Uh... I don't know. Does anything else happen? <laughs> Not much happens. Uh, she interacts with people in the town. Um, she... She has, like, a dream sequence. She, she does have a dream sequence, yeah. It's like, and, like, this movie's so literal that it's very kind of jarring, because it's not obvious it's his dream and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. What else, what else do we want to talk about? There's... There's breastfeeding. When was there the breastfeeding? Uh, when uh, what's his face? Dad gives the gives gives Shun to other. Oh, dad. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, uh, he latched on, and that, right and away, that was yeah. in the dub, and like, good. That yeah. makes me feel hopeful about the princess. Princess Kaguya, yeah. We talked about that in that podcast. Yeah. So whenever I see the dub for that, I'll I'll get back to you. Okay. Get back to me on that. I won't. You won't? That's disappointing. Oh, we should talk about how... Well, no, we shouldn't. It's, like, dumb. What? It's, like, the similarities to Marnie. Uh, what similarities to Marnie? Incest. Yeah. Uh... Also, there's... Not... There's sort of, like, a water thing in Marnie. I mean, I don't think either of these films are, like... Also, oh. nothing really happens in Marnie either. Yeah, no, I mean, nothing happens in either of them. So... There is Japanese tropes of incest and stuff in animes, but that's not what this is doing, I don't think. I also should say that there's not, I mean, as obvious by me loving, that's one scene in the romance I don't find this type of thing morally objectionable, and I feel like there's a societal bias against that is not based off of moral logics. Um, 
but that being said, there's still the stigma, right, in Japan, which is why they're like, we need to not do anything and stuff like that and make it obvious when uh, Shun tells her that. Uh, it's just kind of the source of conflict for the film. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I, so, it's not gay for grandma. It's I do like how the film, as someone who doesn't find sibling. this, as someone who does not find this morally <laughs> objectionable, um, I, not only do I not, do I not find it, I don't think it is, period. I like that this film approaches it in a non-judgmental way. And even though we get the non-blood-related ending, which um, in... <laughs> in uh anime terms is frowned upon by uh otaku um it, uh, well, okay. it's, it's like the cop-out ending uh oh, e- God. even though we get that ending it's uh treated um it's uh it, there's still stuff in the middle where it's like a genuine thing and i don't think that this film is um judging or uh doing anything except commenting on the societal bias that mm. exists in the 60s this film is very um just the realities of the 60s like i feel like it's that scene where he says i love you anyway is supposed to be romantic and the film's just very much trying to do that and i really admire it for doing that uh yeah and i just i very very much love that aspect of it i don't think there's much it's just the like why is anything in this plot you know why is do we have, know. why do we have half of the film about saving the latin quarter it doesn't really matter you know it's just too it's just very aesthetic based and it's not this movie matters i guess it's what the manga was on but whatever Instead of gay for grandma, it's straight for sibling. <laughs> the hashtag straight for sibling. That's the hashtag for this podcast. Yeah. No, it isn't. You can tell. You can. You can. Tweet I'm it. not tweeting that. You can tweet at us with that. No, you can't. <laughs> you can tweet at Sam at uh, no, you at CoolMCR with hashtag straight for sibling. And no, then, you will not. <laughs> and you will discuss. Uh, but they're ultimately that's not true though. Unlike Marnie. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of spoiled the end for Martin. If it, eh, whatever. Who cares? It's not. I don't think it matters that much, honestly. Neither of these films really have that many spoilers. Uh, yeah. So overall, I mean, I'm just seriously in love with this. This is this is the aesthetic for me. Visually, it is the aesthetic, plot-wise and like character-wise, is like me. Like for me, I love the characters. I think the plot is good it's not like wonderful but it's like good i I, I bought, totally bought into the romance this time and this personally just i mean we kind of talked about this before but the 60s japan aesthetic in a lot of these films is just so great for me and i kind of can actively seek it out now there's a few other films i found that take place in this time period and in japan and i kind of just want to watch them for the the feel of it you know I'm starting to feel like I'm an action anime fan trapped in a circle of slice of life anime fans. Well, the thing is that you like we had a Google Doc where I was like, "Tell me which Ghibli films you want to." I did, and I was like, "Because you, you signed up for all the slice of life ones, you know." I remember liking this movie when I first watched it, but yeah, but you also you did like Only Yesterday and Marnie, and so like it's yeah, just it's just one and one of them, you know. As I have grown older, I have become less emotional and more. Yeah, here's the thing: I first watched this when I was like in my big romance period like in high school like that was like the wow. most important plot element to me were you uh, also writing about nature no romanticism not that type of romanticism just like very <laughs> much into very much into romance plots and stuff like I that. i went to 11th grade in high school congrats on in on English. that thank you so did uh umi she's in 11th grade yeah, look at that. So uh, that was very much into that at the time, so it makes sense that I would love the film when I first watched it when it came out. Uh, but now I'm much less into that, and just 
less emotional about these types of things, but it still stood out to me this time, and I'm not sure I if it is. I still think that's, like, a problem, because I'm finding myself more and more just not interested in straight relationships and the media. I mean, I uh, me as well, but I still resonated with this film. I'm not sure if it was just because I was in a good mood when I watched it again. And that's because... really hindering my ability to watch things, and it makes me sad, but then again... Whatever, that's, okay. That's a, I mean, do you want to talk about how everything in this film is straight? I feel like we talked about it for... Oh, uh, Teenage Boys. I mean, the thing is that this film is... This is a 60s Japan, and everything is... Uh, like, I feel like this when is... When will you get married? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's very much like when you find someone you're married, stuff like that. And to me, this uh, is like a progressive film uh, for something that takes place no. in 60s Japan, because it's very female-focused, you know? So I'm not going to, like, criticize this film for having uh straight romances because that's just very much supposed to be set in the 60s and have um a realistic 60s japanese viewpoint uh and i just like it could it would just be a different story you know if it was about a gay (laughs) incestuous romance instead of a straight incestuous romance i'm telling you we gotta make it where's our uh, manga if it was a hashtag gay for sibling instead of hashtag straight for sibling yeah but then then that that doesn't like doesn't roll the tongue that well. It's, it's not. It does not alliterative. Uh, so yeah. I have no. I will say this. I have no social criticisms for this film because it is a period piece. Um, it focuses on a female lead, uh, which is progressive enough, and I feel like this is good for a period piece. And I just. I don't know. I just. I genuinely have like no criticisms of this film. I'm so very in love with it. I feel very meh. Yeah, I mean, I can. I feel like most people would agree with you. I don't think anyone else would say this is one of their favorite films. Like, like it's a it's a nice movie to like spend an hour and a half watching, but like this will extend the time of your life because it feels like longer than an hour. Yes, and a half. I mean, <laughs> Princess Kaya, like that was what two that, and that a half was, hours. That was that was actually two and a half hours. Yeah, that was actually two and a half hours. It felt shorter than this. I think they. I think they seem like the same length. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyway, in conclusion, I I love Umi, I love this film, I love this uh, aesthetic, and um, I will continue to listen to the soundtrack. I would recommend downloading it. I think the, the I guess the English translation of the first song is The Breakfast Song. I'd definitely recommend that one. Listen to Ue Omi Teyaruko, classic Japanese song. It's wonderful. And yeah. Breakfast Song. The Breakfast Song. It's called Sunrise, The Breakfast Song. Oh, that's very nice. Co-written by Goro Miyazaki. I will say, Goro, I think, does an incredible job with this film. The direction yes. on this is so good. Like that's that's what I love about it is the is the direction parts of it. You know? Did you know what? He is a landscaper. Yeah, I know. It's weird. He like has done two films, but he has like a different job and stuff. I, we should say Hayao Miyazaki co-wrote this film. So this is co-written by Miyazaki. It, it, it does seem very Miyazaki in the female, young female lead, the ships, stuff like that. You I don't know. Why, why did why did he decide to direct? What's happening? Goro, tell me. Just give me a look at I don't know. What's, I don't really know what's going on with Goro. I don't, he has not done any films. He's in a documentary. He, okay, I need to see the documentary already. He appears. I will say, I, I, I think Tales of Earthsea is good. I think it's good. I actually haven't seen it. What? You just criticized it earlier. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> oh my I'm just spreading the message that I've heard from others. I who I, who, I, who film, I trust. That film is not this film. This is 
this the you know how this plot this film kind of has a map plot that that film is like a worse plot but still it's i still genuinely think that's a good film um but this is a, i think this is a gem this will goro's work will be forever ingrained in uh from up on poppy hill i uh, one last note i really like that title that's another reason why I wanted to watch it the first time I watched. That's it. a really, it's a really good title, yeah. It's a really good title. Yeah, I feel like it captures. Even though, like, the, the Poppy Hill doesn't matter at all. Uh, in Japanese, the literal translation is from Coquelot Hill, so it's the same thing, basically. Yeah. From up on Poppy Hill. From up on Poppy Hill, it, I think it very accurately captures the aesthetic here. Yes. Yes. Okay. Any Poppy other? Hills. Any last thoughts on Poppy Hill? Um. No. I would highly recommend, I would say, uh, one of my top, top Ghibli films, films of all time in general. We'll rewatch it again soon. If you're going to watch, I would recommend watching this subbed in 1080p. There is a uh, six gigabyte version on Nya, and it is a uh, pretty stunning quality. You still shouldn't say. say that. Well, this, this fine. And, uh. Buy it on iTunes. It's probably there. I don't, I wonder if it is. I don't know. Look it up. Anyway, uh, that's all for this week. Somebody has had the good or episode. this episode. I'm. I recommend the dub if you want to hear Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> also, uh, the the guy from the the Star Trek, the new one, the the what's his face, uh, Anthony, Russian guy, Anton Yelchin. Yeah, he's the he's the uh, male lead. Yeah, Anton Yelchin. Yeah, uh, I'm Dylan Ice, and that's Sam Clotcher. You can find our social media stuff and uh, everything at overlyanimated.com. Um, you can tweet about this podcast with hashtag straight for sibling and no, you can't. <laughs> don't do that. And uh... nobody's gonna know what you're talking about, and when people are gonna go through your Twitter, they're gonna think you're a weirdo. Oh yeah, actually, okay, don't do that. <laughs> I changed my mind. Don't do that because I deleted the one I made because I didn't think want people to think I was weird. I yeah, okay, Sam. I'm sorry, don't do. <laughs> Don't do that. I don't think it is going to listen that far anyway. We're going to eventually go through every Ghibli film, not me and Sam, oh, but with God. someone. Me uh, and Sam. I don't know what our next one will be. Uh, me and you. Maybe Tales of Versi. I have no dis- I have no burning desire to talk about Tales of Versi. What do you want to talk about next? I don't know. I don't have to, have to check the list. You want to talk about like one of the, one of the big guys, the, the Spirit of the Ways, the let's, Princess let's check, let's check the list quickly. We'll I signed up for Princess Mononoke, by the way. Oh, okay. Wait, let's do that then. Well, I don't know. Interesting. Whatever you want to do. Cause Cause I, it's your, your loss. I also talked about Mononoke a lot on the um, Nausicaa one with Mel. Oh, I didn't listen. To, did you guys bring up uh, my uh, Shia LaBeouf? We, we talked about Shia very, very frequently, yeah. Yep, performance artist Shia LaBeouf. He was he was there, yeah. He's in the dub. Yeah, he is. Okay, thank you. Stevens. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, oh yeah, wait, Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/overlyanimated. Oh God, nicknames. Like- N- thanks for our current patrons: Nate Cordell, Shayna Beatriz, and Mitch. Um, Dylan, I don't remember the I'll just do it: Nathan Fillion, Cordell University, Hena, Beatriz Lestrange, and Fever Mitch. Are we thanks really you guys. calling him Nathan? No, I don't like that. Well, and we've done it for like five podcasts it. now. So. Uh, I don't like it. We can change it at any time. Also, when are they going to join the Facebook group? I, I told, uh, yeah, oh yeah, guys, join the Facebook group. Um, if you are not, uh, if you are a Patreon and you've contributed five or more dollars per month, you can join our exclusive Facebook group where there are intense discussions happening. Basically, of. just me, Mel, and Dylan yelling, yelling at each other. No, that's Shana and Beatrix talk too. No. And like us yelling at and each other. And us yelling at each other. It's entertaining. As if we don't do that in private. Yeah, we all sit down in private, so, you know. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you. See you next time. Our next podcast will be 
I mean, you could be listening to this much later, but on Monday we will have new episodes of Rick and Marty and Gravity Falls. So we'll be podcasting on those two. Monday, whenever that is. Spoiler alert, I already recorded the Rick and Marty one with Delaney, but that's oh. okay. Wow. Yeah. Did it, like, leak? What yeah, happened? it leaked, yeah. Oh. Also, okay. the next episode leaked, too. That wow. Thing, I don't know what they're doing over there, but. Oh, a car, uh, adult swim needs to. Get their stuff together, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. I keep trying to download a song from their website and it isn't happening. Not happening. It's All making right. me mad. Yeah, well. Anyway, we'll end the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.